Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 13th. In today's news, Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee end their Russia probe. The UK is taking a harder line against Kremlin interference than the US. And a spokesman for Immigrations and Customs resigns rather than make false statements to the press. But first, the big idea. How Trump caved to the NRA. Not even two weeks ago, President Trump appeared to buck the National Rifle Association, publicly endorsing Democratic-friendly gun control ideas while mocking Republican lawmakers as petrified of the powerful firearms lobby. Trump said at a February 28th meeting at the White House, quote, they have great power over you people. They have less power over me. But now Trump has retreated putting forward a modest package of gun safety measures this week that has none of the provisions opposed by the NRA that he seemed to endorse just days ago. The shift provides another example of the strong influence wielded by the NRA, both at the White House and on Capitol Hill, where most lawmakers remain opposed to any significant policy changes in the wake of the shooting massacre that killed 17 at a Parkland, Florida high school on Valentine's Day. But why did Trump back off? White House officials, who just a few days ago said Trump was very firm about supporting raising the minimum age to buy an assault rifle from 18 to 21, said that Trump's official plan was drafted within the confines of what Congress will allow, that he didn't want to put up anything that wouldn't have a chance on Capitol Hill. Vice President Pence heard from a number of angry Senate Republicans who were very concerned about what Trump had said at that gun summit on February 28th. The president was also taken aback by how many GOP lawmakers told him that his proposals were unlikely to pass, according to two senior administration officials. He later told others in the White House that he wanted to support legislation that could pass so that he wouldn't be humiliated on Capitol Hill. This is a far cry from his old mantra that I alone can fix it, as he said during his 2016 Republican convention speech. The day after that meeting with congressional leaders at the White House on March 1st, Trump met with NRA lobbyist Chris Cox, who told him that some of his ideas, especially raising the age limit, wouldn't pass and that it wouldn't stop crime. Cox also said the background check legislation being supported by the White House would go too far. Trump apparently saw these arguments as convincing. Two people who later spoke to him relayed to my colleagues Josh Dossie and Sungmin Kim. The meeting with the NRA was warm, with the president telling Cox that he valued the group which spent $30 million to elect him in 2016, and wanted to be on the same page. Cox and NRA President Wayne LaPierre, who met with Trump earlier, made clear to the president that the NRA still supports him and they don't want to be at odds. Now, they're back on the same page, and it looks increasingly likely that no meaningful action will be taken. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee claim they found no evidence of collusion in the 2016 election, They also say they found no evidence that the Kremlin tried to meddle in the election on Trump's behalf. Representative Michael Conaway, Republican of Texas, who oversees the Russia side of the panel's investigation, told reporters that while Russia did manufacture discord during the elections, Republicans couldn't conclude that they wanted to help Trump. Conway also said that while the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting was inappropriate, only an author like Tom Clancy could turn that meeting into a fictional spy thriller. The findings break with not only Democrats on the panel, but the conclusion of nonpartisan professionals in the U.S. intelligence community. 
The panel's top Democrat, Representative Adam Schiff of California, said the report, which Democrats didn't even see or know about before it was put out, is a, quote, capitulation to the executive branch. And the Russian embassy in Washington gleefully tweeted out that Conaway quote about Tom Clancy. Number two, British Prime Minister Theresa May said Russia was almost certainly behind last week's attempted assassination of a former Russian spy and his daughter. The spy sold secrets to the UK for 10 years. He and his daughter were poisoned on British soil using a military-grade nerve agent that was developed by Moscow. May said she'll give Russia a chance to respond, but stop short of announcing retaliatory actions. She warned that Britain would not tolerate such a, quote, brazen attempt to murder innocent civilians on our soil. It signals that the frosty relations between the two countries are headed toward new lows. White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders declined to say at her briefing whether Trump agrees that Russia was behind the attack. She did say the U.S. stood with Britain. A few hours later, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson went much further than she did in condemning Russia. He said in a statement, quote, from Ukraine to Syria and now the U.K., Russia continues to be a force of instability in the world. We'll see in the coming days what May does to retaliate against the Kremlin. Number three. The San Francisco spokesman for U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement has resigned over what he said were false statements made by top-ranking officials in the Trump administration. James Schwab said he resigned after Attorney General Jeff Sessions and ICE Acting Director Thomas Homan claimed that hundreds of undocumented immigrants in Northern California evaded ICE during a February raid because Oakland's mayor warned them in advance. Schwab said that claim was false, but when he pushed back, ICE instructed him to, quote, deflect questions from the press. He told the San Francisco Chronicle that he quit because he did not want to perpetuate misleading facts and narratives. He told the paper, quote, I've never been in a situation when I've been asked to ignore the facts because it was more convenient. And that's the Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 13th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 